I'm Dave Gray, and this week I learned it doesn't matter whenever you skin a marink, e dinky dink, skin a marinky do. I love you. Lovely. I'm Kevin Matthews, a Scottish film fan living in England, and this week I learned or was reminded of the fact that Michael Flatley isn't actually Irish. He. What? He has an Irish family and was born in the USA and just keeps that Irish accent on at all times. I, I've i met Michael Flatley working stage tech. He, I've spoken to Michael. That, oh, motherfucker. Maybe in the environment of his family, they all like his parents still have the strong Irish accents. I'm not saying it is completely put on 24-7. Like, that is the mask he wears. But he was brought up in the USA. That's all. Draw your own conclusions from that. There's actually no way to be sure to be sure. God damn it. (laughs) Now everything I know is a lie. I'm Tyler Hosley, and I like long walks on the beach, Ashley Simpson, and not watching terrible vanity projects made by incompetence. And this is Raiders of the Podcast. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, unfortunately, Tyler, we so often watch terrible vanity projects. We made do. By incompetence. Yeah. We do. <laughs> often. Um, I went to the theater and I saw the new Brandon Cronenberg joint Infinity Pool. I loved it. It's an erotic, blood-soaked, hazy nightmare, and Mia Goth is a fucking treasure in it. She's amazing in this movie. Incredible. Um, I've liked all of Brandon Cronenberg's work thus far. I thought Possessor was great. I enjoyed, um, what was the first one called? Anti-shit. Uh, uh, antiviral. antiviral. Yes, I like that one as well, but this one is by far his best. It's really good. It's beautifully shot. It's fucking bloody as hell just it's really good um i'm i'm happy david cronenberg's ball sack produced brandon because i really dig his work and uh besides that only one extra i did some homework though and i watched the clouds of Silas maria which was directed by the man who made the movie we're covering tonight personal shopper um i'll save my thoughts for that one but uh i also really liked it a lot uh not quite as much as personal shopper but the cast is great it's well shot it's it's solid stuff and uh i really dug i've only seen two of his movies so far uh, personal shopper and this one but i've enjoyed them both so i look forward to watching more of his stuff and uh, that's me oh he's done one or two that i think you'd really dig actually um have you not seen have, have you not seen demon lover is that the Chloe Sevigny internet yeah. porn? I have not watched that one yet, and I have it sitting here. All right. Uh, I've seen it, so don't pick it for the podcast. But, <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I mean, I think you'll dig that because you really like Chloe Sevigny anyway. Uh, yes. I'm sure if Dave's seen it, he'd agree that it will tick oh, enough yeah. Tyler boxes. Yeah. I think Dave, I think yeah. Dave told me I'd love it, actually. I did, and I, I reiterate. It, it might be my favorite one of his, but don't pick it. <laughs> oh, I won't. I won't pick it, but I am going to watch it soon. Definitely. Actually, yeah, I, I like nonfiction also, and I don't usually like French comedies. Uh, you, you'd hate that one, but just since we're generally discussing him at the moment. Is that the one with the, yeah, the woman who's written the book? Yeah. Uh, yeah. About her it's, life. Uh, yeah. Uh, Juliette Binoche. Yeah, yeah, she's she's in that one as well. Yeah, tends to like quite a few of us. Anyway, let's go to non uh, Olivier Assayas Fair because I watched some slick films this week. Films that will make Dave vomit in his mouth and then perhaps mute the mic while he tries to deal with that again. I enjoyed the film Shotgun Wedding. It's on Amazon Prime at the minute. Oh, I want to watch that, but I got so disappointed that it's rated R. Why do you want to watch that? Because that trailer looked like the best worst thing ever. Like, I love that trailer. That trailer looked hilariously terrible. That's a Jennifer it's, Lopez one, right? It is. Yeah, okay. Jennifer Lopez and Josh Duhamel. And I remain convinced that nothing against them, but there's no role that Josh Duhamel has ever played that wouldn't be better with Johnny Knoxville in the role. 100% agreed. Yeah. Uh, for every phase of his career, that would have worked. Anyway, uh, they two do well in the leads. <laughs> like, it's it's completely predictable. It's slick. It's fun. I enjoyed it. I'm not going to rush to rewatch it. I'll probably forget it in a few weeks. It's a solid Kevin Seven. It was, it was a proper... <laughs> It was a proper star vehicle with a mix of some comedy violence and other laughs. You've got uh, good supporting cast members, including Jennifer Coolidge doing well, Cheech Marin, like different folk in there. It's it's all done well in a way that reminds you of how often you see things like this not done well, if you know what I mean. And that that counts for a lot sometimes. You just want fluff, but you want well-made fluff. I'd, yeah, had enough laughs with it. I also watched the uh, more divisive, I think, uh, You People, which dropped on Netflix last week. And I quite liked that as well. It's really just an updated version of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, but there's more commentary about uh, white privilege and cultural appropriation. But um, I liked, well, I sort, I sort of liked Jonah Hill's okay in the lead role. Lauren London is the girl, Amira, that he falls for. She was really good. Eddie Murphy's fun and Nia Long's there. They play the parents of London's character. Julia Louise Dreyfus is very funny, but quietly, stealthily. David Duchovny steals a number of scenes. Just by, like, just by trying to be extra friendly with with anyone that he's suddenly come into contact with who's black, and he's not really used to 
communicating with black people. So he tends to start chatting about how much he likes eggs a bit. <laughs> and he wants to sing like we're just ordinary people and stuff. It has it has enough laughs through it. Um again, no, it's very familiar stuff for this type of thing, but I did I did really enjoy it. I take it you guys didn't rush to watch you people. I forgot I did watch that. Um, oh, you yeah, did. Yeah, I really, I really liked it as well. Uh, I thought Jonah Hill was really good in the lead. I like Jonah Hill, but I, I, I just think he's genuinely good. And most of the stuff I've seen, I like him. David Duchovny stole the fucking show, though. Like you said, those exhibit <laughs> yeah. facts was hysterical. I cracked up every time he dropped exhibit facts. But uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It is of just a modern redux of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, but it's a good one. I, I really enjoyed it. But Dave will appreciate the fact that it's um, decided to portray a lot of character development and time passing with the use of uh, various sneakers and footwear. Beautiful. So that, was, that was an odd choice. I do. I, I No, I actually love that. I love that. Damn it. Now I might watch it just for that because I love that idea. But it was it was a strange, constant focus. Like, I get why it was part of you know these characters lives and how it cropped up but the choice for the camera to focus on footwear so often was uh was a bit strange but yeah it's pretty good not a bad the uh, soundtrack as well and and fun uh going on a very different tangent i watched uh or re-watched technically but it's been so long i'd forgotten paris texas Paris, Texas remains a classic. That gorgeous soundtrack score from Ry Cooder. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton's great. Natasha Kinski's great. Uh, even the the kid, I think his name's Hunter Carson, playing the young kid in the film, is great. Small role for Dean Stockwell. And I forget how much of the film is is really a a picking of a scab for most of the third act it's it's quite a long film but it doesn't feel overly long even though it's not rushing anywhere have you guys seen paris texas well yeah well yeah yeah. it was it was a long time ago but yeah i have seen it Dude, I, I came of age in the 90s. That was, like, must-watch. Oh, you well, like movies yeah. and you were born between 1976 and 1987? You have to watch this, like, eight times before 2000. That's fair. Uh, last but not least, working through uh, a slightly slow rewatch of the Mission Impossible movies before the new one comes out, hopefully. Uh, Mission Impossible 2 was on the agenda for last week. And it is the worst of a Mission Impossible series. But I always find that I like it more than I think I've liked it. It's it's good. It's got enough good to outweigh the bad. And bizarrely, the bad in it reminds me of the, the bad elements as went on with the Alien series. <laughs> like, for the Alien series of movies, they pick directors for certain traits. And then when the director showed those traits in those movies, they're like, well, we didn't want that. 
and then Mission Impossible 2, they got John Woo, and then the Mission Impossible stuff is all present and correct, and there's lots of John Wooisms, but it's not really a happy marriage between the two. So they've picked him for his particular set of skills, and it's like, well, that doesn't work as well. But the the stomach's great. I like the, I, I, I mean, I love the action set pieces in the second half. The um, sequence where Ethan Hunt has to get into the sort of bio lab for the virus. I think that's great. And that has the, the uh, two-handed gunplay. I also like the, the motorbike stuff. I think it's good. I would even join Tyler and headbanging along to their reworked theme tune by Limping Biscuits. Yes. Uh, take a look around. I think it's quite quite good. Yeah, like I like it. Not enough to be a Kevin Seven. It just sticks at the six mark for me. But it's definitely not the awful, unwatchable piece of crap that people used to say i think it's been reappraised slightly over the years um but yeah it's still the worst of the series for me is it your favorite of the series tyler it is by far i love that movie i it is the most john woo early 2000s action movie ever and i love it for that i just i adore it you new metal madman although all the all the mask play you're watching it now you're like well it's mission impossible but Wu also loves face-off. That's the one with the front wheelie motorcycle, off. right? Yes. Because that's, that's why like. it's Tyler's favorite. <laughs> I mean, that's literally all I remember about that one, so. Oh, the, the motorbike stuff's good. I forget who else is there. I always forget Richard Roxburgh plays, uh, you know, main henchman. And I always forget Brendan Gleeson is in it for a few scenes. So, uh, yeah, it's... It's, you know, it's worthy of being watched if you're doing a rewatch of the series. That's that's all. That's me. I uh, I watched a lot of stuff, but tragically, I can't talk about some of it because it's for the great work, which, you know, when I can talk about it, I will talk about it. Uh, and then it'll be the disappointing work. Anyway. But I, I watched two on Shudder. I watched uh, Skin and Marink, which just went up today. And it's okay. Like, it's one of those ones that's really going to hit for some people and it's really going to miss for others. Uh, personally, I thought it might have been a little too long. Because it's like, uh, what is it? It's like an hour and 40. It's just, like, it could be a great short film. And after a while, it just it just kind of drags in spots. So it's it's okay, but I wouldn't, you know, give it a blanket recommendation for everybody. It's just okay. Uh, I would give a blanket recommendation to the other movie I watched on Shutter this week, which was uh, The Apology with Anna Gunn and Linus Roach. It is absolutely excellent. Um, it's about a woman whose daughter had disappeared 20 years ago, and on Christmas Eve... Her ex-brother-in-law just happens to get lost in a storm and stumbles over. And then he apologizes for something he's done. And it is just a tense, 
well-made two-hander in a house during a snowstorm. And it's it's really, really solid. Uh, Anna Gunn acts the shit out of it. I know a lot of people still hate her for Breaking Bad, but she... There's one or two goofy directorial choices, um, which I, I, I think kind of undermine it. But overall, it's it's really well done. It's a strong script with two incredibly solid performances. Well worth checking out. Have you guys seen that one yet? I haven't. Uh, not yet, no. It's it's really good. It's a really good one. Uh, and your window watch is closing because it takes place on Christmas Eve, so... Get at least one Christmas movie in, Tyler. That's the one to do. Uh, besides that, I just caught up on some TV shows I've been watching. Uh, uh, have you guys seen Reboot? No. No. It was a Hulu series here, so it's Disney Plus over there. They just announced canceling it, but it's probably the best sitcom I've seen in a while made by a major network. It's really funny with a strong cast, speaking of Johnny Knoxville. Uh, check it out. It's being shopped, so hopefully somebody picks it up, but it's 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 pretty solid. I mean, it is still just a sitcom, but it's, it's got a solid cast, and it's it's decent. This week, we watched the 2016 supernatural psychological thriller Personal Shopper, and the 2018, but not released until 2022, Vanity Spy film... Starring Michael Flatley, Blackbird. Hey, T? Yes? You want to pick a movie and tell us about it? Yeah, I'm going to start with the good one first. I'm going to go with Personal Shopper. Oh, I thought you were going to say Blackbird. Yeah, no. Nah. Um, I'm going to... I was going to start with the bad, but I'm like, you know what? Let's let's start the show good, you know? Um, Personal Shopper is about a personal shopper in Paris who refuses to leave the city until she makes contact with her twin brother who just previously died there. Her life becomes more complicated when a mysterious person contacts her via text message. Um, I love Personal Shopper. It's the movie I always show people to prove that Kristen Stewart is so much more than her Bella character from Twilight because those people still exist. It's and it's still pretty fucking sad that those said people still rag on her and and Pattinson for Twilight. But that's just a whole different rant that I'm not going to go on right now. Uh, anyways, uh, this movie grabbed me the moment it started. The atmosphere has this thick, haunting layer of foreboding dread. I mean, a good chunk of the movie in the middle section is Kristen Stewart looking at her phone screen texting. And I still find it so fucking compelling. I also really connected with the theme of losing a family member and her trying to cope with it. I mean, that hit me really hard on this rewatch, like super hard. Uh, Stuart is fantastic. Uh, this whole movie sits on her shoulders and she gives a wonderful performance here. She's great. The pacing is super slow, which may put a lot of people off, but I think it's beautifully paced for the story they're telling here. It's ambiguous and subtle. It's very French in style. I, honestly, I'd put this up there as one of the best supernatural ghost horror movies i've seen a subgenre of horror that i'm i'm usually super just meh on for the most part but this one hits hard uh, this is such a great great movie and one that more people should totally seek out is it's great it's really good stuff uh 
I concur. <laughs> I really like Personal Shopper, and yeah, I agree with T that it is one that shows sort of how good Stuart can be. Um, she she really carries the film. Uh, a lot of the middle section, I think most of it is the sort of text conversation. Uh, just just on phone, her speaking with someone. She's uh, she's not sure of what their identity is. There are some other people dotted throughout the cast, and one or two of them make a decent sort of impact on the proceedings as characters. But it's all about Stuart. Uh, I think she's great. I I like that this. I mean. It has a couple of, like, really quite full-on fun supernatural elements that almost feel as if they belong in a different movie. But I like the fact that Aseas just just throws them in there. Like, his film is about is about that um, deal of trying to find out if there's, you know, something else after, if there's an afterlife. And it's about someone dealing with grief. But at the same time, it's also about someone with um, the struggling with their self-image, their self-worth, the it's um, imposter syndrome, isn't it? I think that's what I'm thinking of. And Stuart plays all that really well. Um, I I think she conveys all of it without going over the top. I I just think it's a really good, really well done film that uh, that wouldn't work as well if it was someone not capable in the lead role. And Stuart is really capable here. I'm very impressed. I'd I'd seen it before. I wanted to. I was interested to see if it would hold up on a revisit. I think it does. It's really good. That's it. I am not totally in agreement, and I will explain why. Uh, yeah, Stuart does a fine job for the most part carrying it. There are bits where I think she is just not up to the task. Uh, I I don't think she really sells certain scenes just because she's a little and it's how she approaches most roles so it's obviously a a choice she's just a little too blase at times and then other times i think she does a, a fine job but her reactions just never seem to feel natural to me it's just a, a personal reading of it uh I think the ghost stuff it mostly works. I think the middle section with the text conversation does not. And then murder plots and everything else is just pretty throwy. And that's my problem with the movie is when it's not dealing with her grief, which is just in the ghost segments, it's all pretty lightweight throwaway and a little too obvious. And it's a little dull in those segments. There's also a lot of just filler, especially in the end. There's a lot of little bits that just, they're just there to add a little bit more running time. 
which it's not a bad movie by any stretch. And I'm not saying it is. And for most of it, I think Stuart does an excellent job. I just think there's a couple scenes where, and it's not just her. Uh, a lot of the cast in this movie is not good, especially there's only like f- five people in the whole movie that actually get, you know, a moment or two of, of dialogue. And two of them specifically are horrific. Because I didn't look up his name because I didn't think I'd, I'd need to. I thought somebody else would mention him. But um, Lars Eidinger, who plays Ingo, is like absolutely atrocious. And the only worse actor I've seen in recent moments is also in this movie who plays um the the new boyfriend uh, Gary and I don't oh Ty Olwyn that dude is maybe one of the worst actors I've ever seen and they're doing a big emotional moment and he cannot do it which is not, you know, I'm not going to fault Stuart for that, but there are some scenes which should be better, and she's given no support. Uh, but overall, it's it's well made. There's a lot of interesting ideas in it. And even if I think the ending kind of falls apart a little, mostly because of filler and easy outs, it's generally something worth watching. It is wonderfully shot, and I do like the few ghost scenes. I wish there was just more of that and less of the life is so hard when you're a fashion buyer with no respect because fashion buyers get no respect, and you kind of know that in the job. And I'm not sure what word worker makes enough to own a house like that in the middle of Paris. But, you know, that's movie logic like how people that work at bookstores can own a four bedroom apartment in New York City I don't know how that works but whatever I wish I lived in the movie world where woodworkers and booksellers could afford that shit it's not a bad movie by any means so don't don't get me wrong I just think it doesn't reach its full potential it is well made Stuart does a mostly fine job, and I, I think it's it's worth checking out. As opposed to our other film, Blackbird. Now, people promised me that this was the room level, and people lied to me. Uh, so a secret agent and his team retires after the death of his fiancée. And they all go together to the Caribbean to open a club. It's very Casablanca of him. This movie... It's not even really a movie, is it? <laughs> like, this this isn't the worst thing we've watched by, by any stretch. I mean, this is no adrenochrome. This is no kite surfing two chains movie, which I can't even remember the title of that one. Shit, I don't even either. And I picked it. <laughs> this is uh sixty-four year old Michael Flatley trying to I don't know what he's trying to prove to himself, because like 
Like, Flatley used to be something, you know, big. A name. And now he's making these... All the action happens off screen. There's not a single on-screen fight. Oh no, there is there's the last one, but it's it's overhead and it's you're not really sure what's going on. There's no suspense, there's no reason to care. There's no characters. Uh we they they tell us a lot that Blackbird is the best spy that's ever been, but we never see it. There's so much so there's so much telling, absolutely no show in this film. Uh the rest of the cast is there. Uh, I'm going to be fair. Eric Roberts is is lovely. I love Eric Roberts even in this movie because even when he's in pure shit, Eric Roberts is there to do Eric Roberts and he does the best that anybody can with the given material. And he is fun. I I said it. I enjoyed Eric Roberts in this movie. I can't say that about anyone else, but I will say it about Eric Roberts over and over again. Uh, but, you know, if you want your Eric Roberts fix, you can just go watch Stalked by My Surgeon. One through, how many are there now? Seven? <laughs> You're better off with that. It's, yeah, it's not fun. It's not, see, it's not bad fun. It's not like the room fun. It's not like, shit. It's not like, um. okay, you got the room, which is bad, but there's a lot of ambition there and drive, so. It's a terrible movie, but you can enjoy it. There's no point to it. So it's not like Neil Breen where, I mean, like, I love Neil Breen, but it's incompetent stuff. But at least he has, you know, he has a rhetorical point he's trying to make, and he is desperate to tell his tale. And I can respect that. Or, um, uh, I don't know. Or a dozen others that we've watched where... There was passion behind it. This, this is a man that has money and wants to prove he's still relevant while getting old. And he's acutely aware of his old age because he won't let himself look like an asshole on screen. So he won't do the fights and he won't do the shootouts and he won't do the chases. So like imagine a James Bond movie where it was just Bond in the hotel talking shit between scenes without the set pieces. And that's Blackbird. But Bond is elderly and and just whiny with life. So basically imagine, you know, most of the uh, Quantum of Solace without the set pieces and you've got Blackbird and it's terrible. It's not fun. It's not so bad it's good. It's just bad. And the fact that they set it up for a sequel at the end, everyone involved should be ashamed of themselves. Especially you, Michael. <laughs> You fake accident jackass. Why the fuck can't Michael Flatley wear a hat like a normal fucking human being? Every time that motherfucker put a hat on, it was always cocked <laughs> to the side. I, I, I wanted to kick him in and the it's shin. Extreme. It's extreme. It's like 45 degrees off center. It's crazy. No human being wears a fucking hat like that in this century. Jesus. It drove me nuts. Yeah, yeah, guys, I don't get it. I really don't get the love for these awful vanity pieces we keep watching. Uh, granted, this, like Dave said, isn't quite as awful as some of the others we watched, like Born in, Born in Mafia or 
the one I picked, that Two Chains kiteboarding movie, which I also can't remember the title of. Um, but that's like saying a soft shit is better than diarrhea. It's still shit. And this might be the most boring one we've watched because, my God, this was so fucking boring. It can be poorly made, poorly shot, have terrible acting and awful, cringeworthy dialogue. And Blackbird has every single one of those things. But you can still be fun with every one of those things. And there isn't a single fun moment in this movie. As Dave said, the single best thing about it was Eric Roberts. And that's because Eric Roberts is awesome. And he wasn't Michael Flatley. Because Michael Flatley sucks. And this movie sucks. If you're looking for an absolute worst fan remake of Casablanca and maybe like Casino Royale, this does exist. And hey, go for it. But it's fucking awful. Uh, People just keep grasping at straws for the next, oh my god, guys, it's so bad, but it's great room levels of incompetence. But it's not. It's not a good movie. It's not a fun, so bad it's good movie. Like Dave said, it's boring. Just don't let the internet lie to you. This is terrible. I picked this and mistakes were made I'll admit it but we all knew it was coming at some point so I really just helped us all rip the band-aid off that's that's what I did I was expecting it to be bad it was bad it's bizarre in that it's so much worse than I expected it to be without without being yeah it's absolutely god awful hilariously bad in all aspects like we have seen films like this at least a dozen our times films that are full of every trope from you know the action slash spy movie subgenre. It's it's not it's not a rarity. And then flatly just like his insistence on delivering it so earnestly but with no energy, none. Like there's there's nothing here that has him fired up. It's it's really odd. Like if he was really going for it, I think we would all still dislike the film, but we would have had more fun with it, and we would have been maybe begrudgingly admiring the fact that hell he went for it. But no, he just wants to put himself in a role of a kind of retired James Bond figure he wants to have a bit of Casablanca in the mix because he runs this lush hotel now he wants to be the ladies man because it's an ex that uh, gets him into or an old flame that gets him into one more job but he wants to be a gentleman because there's a young woman at one point disrobing see a bit of side boob and then he's like no love I mean he doesn't say that but he's like no, put he your coat on those you. were the exact words, and that was the best part of the movie. Put your blouse back on, you'll catch your death. It's basically like that. 
and like it's it's the worst it's the worst kind of vanity project and the way that he has given himself the central role that he does nothing with nothing to show that this is what he's wanted to do for you know years never mind just having himself flail about on stage with his million dollar insured legs and getting crowds and adoring fans worldwide and all that. No, no, he wants none of that. This is the dream project he wanted. And yeah, you get none of that on screen. You at least get Eric Roberts seeming to have fun. Probably because, as Dave said, it's um, a break from here is another person stalked by the same doctor who has stalked almost half of America at this point. The the card scene, uh, yeah, Texas Hold'em between Roberts and Flatley was god-awful. I think think that's the scene that Flatley wrote first. I was like, yeah, Bond always has a scene at a casino. And it's where he can be tough and cool and show that he's always a winner. And yeah, but he, with more slurring, he was 100% drunk when he wrote that scene. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so bad. And the lines that he uh, delivers, annoyingly, I mean, I would use quotation marks here, but the best lines in the film, the ones that you would laugh at or cringe at in equal measure, are in the trailer for this anyway. That that was annoying because I thought there was going to be more gold like that. You know, doesn't he say, um, isn't it, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned and I'm about to sin again? Yes. Like if if we had more little gems like that, um when his mate joins him at one point and says, you know, something like, I you don't think I'd let you have all the fun to yourself. I'm just like, oh, oh my God. This could have been cut and pasted from a hundred other movies. The, oh, I'm trying to think of the, the company that did all the really cheap action movies. It wasn't New Image, was it? Oh, uh yeah, wasn't it? Was it? Uh possibly. The 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 movies that they're are equivalent of, you know, a really much lower budget McBain kind of thing. That's that's all this is made up of. It's yeah, it's it's really not good. And Flatley doesn't have the uh the charisma or personality to to carry it along anyway. Like he just he just doesn't. So he obviously wrote and directed this because I mean nobody else is going to put him in this kind of thing. So that that's it. I mean when you realise that you're just you're just depressed because you know you've got to get through to the end. The saving grace was that at least it was just under 90 minutes but it felt like it went on for four and a half hours. Avatar The Way of Water felt shorter than this. 
Oh, yeah, New Image. It is New Image. Alan Quarterman in the Lost City of Gold, American Ninja series, Alien from L.A., which Tyler should like thank us every day we didn't watch during the Albert Puyan special because that <laughs> is a special kind of movie. The Howling series. I mean, yeah. I... If, Cyborg if it, Cop. If it is New Image, I have one of their movies on DVD where I think you hear the director say cut or moving on at some point. Uh, I'm trying to think of it. It might just be called Shotgun. Uh, or LA Shotgun or something. They're, they're pretty they're pretty awesome because they have that in it though. They have they have the mistakes in there and lack the polish, so they're kind of more fun. This I mean, it has a sheen over it. But then every actual filmmaking choice from Flatley is is awful. Whether it's the soundtrack, whether it is the just the the short choices, the the framing, the positioning of his character as some golden god, as you say, Dave, most of the fights happen off screen. The the end bit, I don't really want to get any spoilers, despite the fact that we all hate this, but I watched the end play out with the gunfire. And, you know, I could have an easier time telling you who shot at who at the end of Reservoir Dogs. Because there must have been some magic bullets flying about somewhere. Uh, All of them ready to zing past Teflon flatly. It It was much worse than I thought it would be, but because it wasn't like as completely dire and yet that all kind of made it worse if that makes any sense it's a it's a proper cut and paste job from so many other things but see, the, the worst thing about it is flatly he he shouldn't he shouldn't try and put himself on screen in any roles sorry no no any of us could have had more fun in that role. I would have been pretending to do the river dance thing with my legs. Just just to have a laugh for a moment. And that would have been better. Oh, no. Shotgun was by PM Entertainment Group. PM Entertainment Group. And that's yeah, they're, yeah, they're great also. They did uh, Skyscraper with Anna Nicole Smith, which is a personal yes. favorite of terrible movies. And Inferno with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Pat Morita. Yeah, they did. They did some ones. I don't know why, but Shotgun. I'm sure it has about two scenes in it where somehow they didn't dub out the director. I'm sure there's one where the guy's just eating cereal. The director's giving him instructions, and there's another one with the him going in and out of his garage or something. It's it's worth seeking out just to watch a film where you hear the director talking to the actors and doing the performance. Like, either of those scenes are better than anything in Blackbird. Oh, man, I'm looking at a list of PM movies. It's just like, oh, there's some great ones we should totally force Tyler to watch. We should. We should, yeah. I mean, see, at least you know they'll be better than this. Oh, they no, did, I, they, 
I'm down for like those like a cyborg cop or something. But oh, that's that's uh, they released Master P's movie Hot Boys. Oh, I've seen that one with Snoop Dogg. Uh, is Snoop Dogg? I don't even remember who's in it. Uh, Silk the Shocker's in it. Snoop Dogg might be in it, and Gary Busey. Gary Busey's in it. That's why I saw it. Wasn't Silk the Shocker and corrupt? He was. He doesn't yeah, act what? better in Hot Boys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sold on that. Did you know that Blackbird won an award? I please do tell. <laughs> um, well, funnily enough, it was at some I can't remember the award, but it was you know something. It wasn't a Razzie, like it was apparently an award. And uh, you guys know of Mark Kermode, yeah, yeah, the the bequeathed. Uh, yeah popular film critic here um, so he he didn't like Blackbird funnily enough and was trying to track down where this award originated from and if he could speak to people who'd done it because he was just like well I'll believe it but where is it anyway he didn't really get a firm answer and he basically traced the source of the people who gave out the award to I think it was somewhere in Ireland so I'm thinking there's a chance that Michael Flatley just allowed somebody to name themselves as some kind of business or foundation just to give him an award because they couldn't even find out if other films were up for this award. It's, it seems like dodgy all the way at every turn. Well, I mean, there's nothing that says you can't give yourself an award. It's the same with uh, when some actors are like, you know, world martial arts champion. That just means they beat up their younger brother in their backyard once. Anyway, it's time to pick one. I'm picking personal shopper because obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I, anything besides Blackbird would have won. But yes, personal shopper. And I, I didn't want to sort of spoil things too much, but I I, I think I rate Clouds of, uh, is it Silas Maria, uh, as as uh, highly as Tyler as well. Like that. And Kristen Stewart's in that one as well, isn't, isn't she, T? Yes. She is, yeah. Yeah. She's she's good. I was almost going to go on a tangent this week talking more about her choices. I know, like, I think it's still popular just to um, criticize her and, and pick on her, but I've I generally liked almost everything she's done over the past few years, including the uh, her part in the Charlie's Angels movie. Thought she was good with a bit of uh, comedy in that as well. I like nothing about the last Charlie Angels movie. <laughs> I was T- so bored T- by that movie. I haven't, even, I haven't even seen that last Charlie's Angels movie. I just what? I haven't watched it. I love Kristen Stewart and I like Elizabeth Banks, but I just haven't. It was just. It was just. One. It was a bad script, and then it it riffed on too many things done in the last movies, which were. Bad movies. I I know they're bad movies. You know they're bad movies. 
Don't retread them. Oh well. I, I yeah, I'm not gonna blame the cast for for that one. That just it was just too much. Too much goofy big budget crap. It it needed its own voice. I think that was the problem with the Charlie's Angels movie. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't think I'd entirely disagree with you on that. Um yeah. But I I think with it, uh I I can't recall I know Stuart's been in one or two comedy films that I can think of but I don't think she's been allowed to play that kind of role in those and I, I thought she did well with that as well uh, considering as well that a lot of people tend to go for the mm, you know, she never smiles or the other just crap that they comment on all the time have you seen the have you guys seen the Lizzie Borden movie with her and Chloe Sevigny? Yes, and I have issues with that also. It's not her. She and Sevigny are really good. I have issues with the setup because the, the truth is uh, Lizzie Borden was a racist fucktard, but everybody was mm-hmm. back then. So the the whole oh, she did it for lesbian le- maybe not no cuz she didn't she was a racist fuck to her servant, so kind of trying to frame her being a racist fuck is a Love story kind of sat wrong with me. It's it's not bad. She and and they're both actually really good. It's probably it that was the movie. Like for most people, they saw a personal shopper and they're like, oh yeah, she's not a bad actress. But for me, it was Lizzie Borden. Where I was like, oh, hey, because well, as I said, she doesn't totally sell me in personal shopper. It's not totally her fault. But in Lizzie Borden, she's good. It's just you know I have other issues because of reality. Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying with that for sure. I I thought they did the setup well for what they were going for with that story, even though, like you said, Lizzie Borden was just a racist piece of shit. But I thought for the film, what they were going for, they set it up fine with that story, the fictional take on Lizzie Borden, I guess. But I, I thought it was good oh, yeah. for that. Like the I I that's just it. I I think my problem is knowing too much bullshit trivia. Yeah. Like if I knew like real things, I'd be making all the money, but I don't. My brain is just totally giving way to bullshit trivia. Like, Lizzie Borden was a racist asshole. <laughs> and the fact that they named the character the racist thing she called all Irish people was a real fucking problem to me. But Savinge was excellent in that movie. Mm-hmm. She was fantastic. I just, just want to, like, really, because we don't get to praise her enough. She is always excellent. She is amazing in that film. And Stuart was really good, too. By the way, while you're maybe resenting me for picking Blackbird, I at least dug around while we were recording to remind us all that Tyler made us watch Send It. That was a Two Chains movie. Send yes. It, Tyler. Yes, I, that was. I'm sorry, but I hope Two Chains never makes another movie, or I'll never <laughs> be able to remember Send It again. I'll just go to the Two Chains movie, and they'll go, "Which one?" And I'll go, "I don't know." I own that fucking movie and I couldn't remember the title, but yes. Next week, uh, Craig swears he'll be back and I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. So he and Tyler are picking. Uh, Craig is going to make us watch Miami Vice. Nice. The Michael Mann one. Nice. Nice. I am going with a movie I've been so fucking stoked for. And uh, it's the brand new 2022 John Swab directed film, the white trash lot lizard slasher flick Candyland. And uh, for my special pick, 
which is underwater goodness. I am going with the 1990 underwater horror sci-fi film, The Rift, directed by the man who brought us pieces. Mm. I am shocked you would have anything to do with pieces. I hated pieces, but The Rift looks amazing. I just bought the fucking Blu-ray for like $30, so. Oh, okay. Uh, That explains it. Now I know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just I just remember how much you hated pieces. I did not like pieces. I think that movie is awful. I think it's one of the worst eighty slashers out there, but the rift looks wonderful. So I can down. can I put fifty down on a bet for what Tyler votes for next week? I I no. <laughs> no right, none okay. of us is taking that one. Just <laughs> just just seeing if I could get any decent odds, that's all. None of well, us are that dumb. Without right. spoiling, without spoiling anything, uh, on Miami Vice, Miami Vice is my favorite Michael Mann movie. So there could be some competition there. He's gonna hem and haw and pretend there is, and then he's gonna yeah. pick candy. On it. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at readers of the podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Our page is there. T's been really good at remembering the Wednesday post. Uh, we do sometimes share other bits and bobs there. There's Instagram, Raiders underscore of underscore the underscore podcast. And do like, rate, review us on your podcast supplier of choice. Share the love. Let people know if you listen to us and enjoy us and get us out there because 2023 is the year that I am going for global domination. There's a YouTube channel where I'm starting small amounts of domination. Uh, It's getting there, but it's not quite global domination. And I think that's it. It's weird but good not to be mentioning Twitter, apart from saying I'm not mentioning it. But I'm on Mastodon with a username I always forget. So you've you've dominated, like, the Lytle in Glasgow. Fuck you for that mangling. <laughs> so many words mangled in such a small sentence. <laughs> I'm sorry, the, the Aldi in Hull? <laughs> I mean, that's better. I've dominated, uh, you know, I've basically, I've put up little cards around the lamppost nearest my house that said Raiders of Podcast, but then they slid down the lamppost, so they're just covered in dog pee now. But you know, Ooh. you know, thinking about it now, I can't be too mad at Michael Flatley for talking in an Irish accent when he met random people in America. Because I once went on a road trip doing a bad Scottish accent for four months, and no one in the U.S. noticed. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> your Scottish is so bad. It was much. It was much better back then. I, I wow. swore off it afterwards, but uh, uh, I used to work with a, a Scottish woman, uh, Morag, who was awesome, and she was like, you know, your your accent's really bad. I bet you could go on it and nobody would notice. So I did. I put it to a test. I was going on a trip anyway, so I, I did it for like three months nonstop. It was much better than now. I, I do it terrible on purpose, mm-hmm. and I've totally lost the ability to do it well, So, but yeah, so you know, I, I, I'm not one to judge. And on that I confession, mean, huh? Could you could you pick a more Scottish female name than Morag? 
No, I. Is that, that was her really? name. I'm. She worked at the Weinberg with me. All right. Yeah. She was awesome. That's like me saying now I used to work with this American guy called Chad. You know there aren't any actual Chads. Chad, that's just like that. That's yeah. No, that's that's something else. I had no idea. Now I feel bad, but no, that that happened. And it worked, but that was God. That was so long ago because the two thousands were so long ago. Because I'm old now. Yeah. As always. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me, guys. I'll talk to you next week. See ya. See ya. Blood. Blood. Blood.